In this episode of the RV Small Talk Podcast, we're going to talk about a, a little story time, a story of suspense, of sorrow, of despair, yet like rising from the ashes, like a phoenix, Princess Craft, RV, and PJ prevailed over the recession of 2008. So we're going to ask PJ what it was like to go through that big downturn in the economy and how how Princess Craft weathered the storm, maybe how the industry was doing, and how we got to where we are today. Yeah, maybe get some insight for the future. I don't know. Sounds like fun. It's going to happen again. You know, these things have ebbs and flows, okay. ups and downs. All right. All right. Life is, is high mountaintop peak scenic views and low 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 this valley experiences <laughs> sounds exciting it's gonna be epic after that intro you just gotta stick around don't you <laughs> i know i do i paid for it <laughs> welcome to the rv small talk podcast where we talk about lightweight trailers truck campers and the people places and adventures that go right along with them we are your hosts from princess craft rv i am clint i'm pj and i'm full of cheesecake that's true, because her birthday's tomorrow, and we're celebrating with cheesecake today. This is Lindsay, by the way. Don't forget that you can check out all the previous episodes of RV Small Talk, the podcast, the epic podcast, though it may be, at rvsmalltalk.com. We are also on social media. Just look us up, RV Small Talk Podcast. We're also on YouTube, RV Small Talk. Get this, RV Small Talk Podcast. That's right. So we do a live, a live video chat on Fridays, generally around the 1230 mark, Central Standard Time. And you can find us on Facebook or on YouTube. And wherever you comment, we usually can see and respond to. So it's a little bit of a conversational back and forth. And we invite you to join us Fridays, 1230 p.m. Central Standard Time. Anything else? Oh, my gosh. Do, do all podcasts start with a commercial? No. No. But do people mind? You know Tell what? us if you do, because I don't know. I love hearing you just, <laughs> just ramble. Splat it all out there first thing. <laughs> Splat. You just, just want to get to the fun part. You just yeah. kind of like get through the, the business end of it. Yes, the housekeeping part, as That's, they say. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, it's kind of nice. You do it so quickly and so... Liltily. Liltily. She doesn't like it. I know. <laughs> I was just. Is that the takeaway? I, 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 I don't know. I grew up with her. This is, this is, uh, she doesn't like it. <laughs> I am impressed by it every single time. Ah, oh, that's a nice way of saying I don't like it. <laughs> that's not true. Fine, I'll work on it. It's not true. I always know kind of what kind of conversation we're going to have by how the intro goes. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, so what, is, what is today's conversation going to be like? I, I think I thought we were talking kind of numbers and economic crashes, but oh, Clint's in a bit of a wacky mood. I think it might I, be fun. I can only hear out of one ear. So. <laughs> Equipment failure. But I got to tell you, I like story time. So I'm going to ask questions All and right. get my story. OK, so let's set the scene. Once upon a time in, about, in a land. Go ahead. Far, far away in a town called Puflugerville. Are we going that far back? 
I don't. Wasn't this 2008? Yeah, it's 2008. Were we in this building in 2008? Just oh, barely, I heck think. Heck no. I thought you were. No, I didn't we think so. We moved here August 1st, 2012. Okay, well, let's go way back to a, okay, a town far, far away. Okay, let's go to the magical land of Puflugerville. That's spelled P-F-L-U-G-E-R-V-I-L-L-E. Puflugerville. Germantown, Texas, I'm telling you. Okay. All right, so set the scene. Germantown, Texas, Pflugerville, Right before the recession, what was going on in the world of Princess Craft and PJ and whatnot? Oh, man, we were thinking we were all that. Yeah. We had maybe... And a bag of chips? Yes, and a bag of chips. We had like, I don't know, 11, 10, 11 employees. We were rocking along. In that we small building? tons of business. That's yeah. wild. Yeah, we had five of us in a, like a 10 by 12 office. Okay, so so you had a 11 or so, 11, 12 employees in that small, and I mean small location. Mm-hmm. You know, when I started here in 2017, you only had 15 employees? Crazy. Now, in the middle is is where, is where it all went. Where the conflict of this story where. happens yeah. in 2008. <laughs> so, so this is pre-storyline conflict, but let's go ahead and press on. So, so yeah, things are going we well. Were, and we were looking for new locations. Okay. Because we, we had outgrown where we were by far. And we thought, yeah, this is our time to make a jump. We actually looked at several properties to purchase at that point uh-huh. in 2008, in the beginning of 2008. And then, uh, you know, nothing worked out. A uh, couple of people, you know, we struggled with getting loans and a few things fell through for a variety of reasons. Right. And and that might Poof. have been possibly might have been for the best because oh, you didn't know it was yes. coming. The what? recession hit. What was going so on in fast. the industry, like in the in the RV world? What was that like at that point in time, two thousand seven ish? Oh, we were rocking and rolling. Everything was growing. We were having great years. Uh-huh. Um, what we considered to be the best years that had happened in decades. You know, we were. It, it was all growing. It just felt vibrant and alive, much like the last few years. Right. If you take the pandemic away from sure. it. it 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 was going great everybody was doing great dealerships were happy manufacturers were happy yeah so when you said it hits fat it hit fast like how fast are we talking in relation to the rv industry like at what point were you like uh-oh this is not good for rvs Well, there's a couple of big indicators for our business. uh, And the biggest indicator is the housing market. Oh, and this and this is the time. This was the the housing market crash. Housing bubble. Yes. Housing market bubble. Mm -hmm. That is a big indicator. But when customers quit buying, it's when the stock market crashes, Mm -hmm. which we saw a lot of that going on when the banks tighten up, when interest rates jump. those things, economic nervousness right. is what happens. And of course, along with the housing market crash, which really happened in a matter of months, yeah. then the banks tightened up, then they're nervous. So that goes along with it. Companies started laying people off. I mean, we saw all kinds of unrest happen really very quickly okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna go back a, a little bit into 2007 hindsight 2020 mm-hmm. was there anything that you would say from a storyline a plot line kind of thing that would be foreshadowing was there any like foreboding clouds over the horizon 
Well, I wish I could say there was there was something that let me see, oh, this terrible thing is coming. Yeah. But I can honestly say, like the rest of us, I mean, the housing crash caught all of us by surprise. Okay. I mean, who knew things would devalue so quickly? Yeah. And you're not really one to walk around too cynical, too pessimistic and go, things oh, are going no. great. I know the hammer, the the, the next foot's going to, no. next shoe's going to fall, right? I'm usually on the other side of that. I'm usually thinking, okay, this is not so great for us, but there's a way out of it. Yeah. You know, we can just kind of sneak over to the side and we can get past this train wreck. Right. And uh, wow, it was, a, it was crazy. Okay. So, did it feel like someone just pushed an off button or turned the faucet off or something? Like, did it slow down that fast? Yeah, here? it was pretty fast. Yeah. It was pretty fast. But I can tell you that the the time that I actually started to panic, where I started like, okay, this is going to really be difficult, was when I got the phone call that the bank was no longer going to floor any more units. Like, None. None. And I had one flooring the company. The lifeblood and of they, a dealership. Yes. And we weren't singled out. It, it right. wasn't anything we did. They just quit flooring. And banks quit funding. I mean, you couldn't get loans. You you couldn't. You couldn't okay. Wow. You couldn't buy units from the manufacturers because nobody would allow them on your credit line. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything got frozen. And it was that way for about, I'd have to think back, but it felt like five or six months. Okay. Where everything was just frozen. So does that mean you aren't able to bring in new product for that amount of time? Yes, I couldn't bring anything in new. Like you look at you, you look at what's on your sales lot, and you say, "This is it. This is it. This is all I have." And unless you have cash, I can't finance it. Ooh, that is a pinch yeah. point. Were you able to sell things? <laughs> well, we sold a handful. Right. You know, it'd be interesting to look back to see the sales numbers during that time. Yeah. But there was a there was about six months in there where, you know, I think it was much like the first six months of the pandemic mm-hmm. where we're all looking at each other going, uh, uh, what is this supposed to look like? Right. What are we supposed to do? Right. Um, how bad is this going to be? Yeah. Uh, you know, everybody went and bought toilet paper off the shelves. I mean, who could have seen that coming? Who could have seen it coming? Could you have seen it coming? Did you, did you know that was going to happen? No. Oh, heavens. No. No. So you get that phone call from your bank. Hey, we are no longer flooring and you hear financing is pretty much dried up and whatnot. You look around, you're at Princess Craft, you, you have a staff, you have, you have a property, you have all the things that come with this business and you get off the phone and you have a whole new world. You're, you're hanging up from that phone call. It's a whole new world all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. What thoughts are running through your mind? Are you already starting to, I don't know, deal with it or already starting to make some strategy? Well, you know, when you're in that situation, your first thought is, how can I get some cash flow coming in? Okay. You know, how can I get some money? Uh, we had some repairs on the lot waiting to be done. So we concentrated on those. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we took every single walk-in repair that we could uh, because they were willing to pay for services. They right. wanted to go camping. Right. Um, you know, we, we worked every sales call and talked to people about different ideas. Uh, some people were able to get loans on their house, uh, home equity loans, right. if they owned it. 
a lot of people were selling some stock. Sure. Uh, there was a little, there was a few people that came through and had that doom and gloom kind of feeling of, right. you know, we're just going to, we're just going to spend it. We're just going to go someplace and right. spend it. You know, I think we saw that during the pandemic as so well. Too. This feeling of let's just, what the heck, let's just go buy something and go have adventures. Sure. There was a little, we just uh, had to slim down and, and really, really pedal hard to be sure we got whatever business was out there. Yeah. I mean, that's what we did. A lot of repairs. Sure. So who with us today here in 2022 was with you through that? Goodness. Kurt uh, and Annie. I think Kurt and Annie. Was Steve here with you? Uh, Steve came just before we moved. No, he okay. was not. All right. Was Cody here? No. Wow. So you just pretty much had. I don't even know if Kurt was there. 2008 seems early. I guess he was. Yeah. Kurt, Kurt came in during all of that. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, because it was it was tough. So what did this mean for in-house operations? I mean, a massive slowdown. I mean, it, you're I'm sure because I've seen you do this. You did this with us during the, the pandemic and all that. You did everything. I, I haven't seen gymnastics like this, you know, to make sure that as, as best as you could, all households were taken care of. So what was that like in 2008? Well, I mean, pretty much the same thing. We all tried to figure out what we absolutely had to have. Right. And that's what we did. We tried to make sure everybody got paid. There were times we didn't pay everybody everything. And then we made it up in the in the further run. We didn't do any pay increases. I mean, we did right. all the things businesses do to survive. Sure. And when we cut back everywhere, I mean... It is, it is, I still have a flashback when we order in boxes of Kleenex uh -huh. for our desks and our uh -huh. offices uh, because we didn't do paper towels, we didn't do shop rags, we didn't do any of that. Whatever we could take home and wash and bring back, uh, we had paper towels um, taken out of the bathrooms and we had, you know, cloth towels in there. And every night I'd take everything home and wash it, bring it back. We cut out all of our uniform services. All of those kind of things were gone. Right. right. So. Just as self-sufficient as you could run. Absolutely. Oh. Yeah. That is when Annie, which he still does today, started recycling paper. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. So we now give all of our one-sided papers to Annie and she runs her reports on the other sure. side. Sure. So, it, yeah, just things Keeping like that. trees alive. What I remember is just... You know, what you do when you try to slim things down. Uh -huh. And yeah. then when the banks opened up and we could get inventory in, of course, the manufacturers were just dying to get us the inventory off their lot. Uh, then you had to figure out which to which to bring in and how much could you really sell? Sure. Sure. Because That's a different type of game than we've been playing my entire time here. It's yeah. like, sure, just give us inventory. Just give please it. give us Whereas inventory. Whereas in that situation, you have to watch the numbers so much and you have, yeah. To, yeah. You have to predict what is going to be interesting to someone who's willing to make a move. Oh, yeah. And the flooring companies then wanted to take a second and third look at you to be sure that you weren't going under. And right. I, it was just it was a huge financial dance. Can you do a quick 
Just financial for, dance. Ooh, financial yeah. dance. It was. Throw the money. <laughs> um, so if you could do a quick, just a quick description for those who are listening, what is flooring for those who may not know the term? Flooring is just where the banks give you a line of credit. Okay. And uh, they, you have a, a list of units that you send over and you, you get credit from the bank. Okay. And when you sell it, you then pay for it. But you don't okay. have to pay for it until you sell it. So the bank is holding this huge line of credit right. with the value of all of your inventory on it. That, the manufacturers yeah. are already paid. And the, the benefit to that for the dealership is it allows us to actually have more inventory on the lot that we otherwise couldn't afford to bring in on our own buck. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right now, we probably have... Gosh, $7 million in inventory. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So it's a lot of inventory. Yeah. Sitting there in flooring. I probably had, oh, one million back then. What a difference a few years, a decade makes, right? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's a world of difference. But if you look back, like in 2009, when things were the toughest, the industry only shipped to dealers 165,000 units. That's all. That is really, really, really a minuscule number next to anything I've ever seen. Now, we had the biggest we had the biggest shipments go out last year in 2021. Right. Do you know how much that was? I I can't even. It was. Let me see. Six hundred thousand units. So it was the first number. Uh, hundred and sixty-five thousand. Yeah. yeah. So what is that? What I, my math is terrible. Oh, it, four times more. Yeah, but also the the just from an economic standpoint, you know, the dollar doesn't go quite as far, so the prices of the units that they're selling or moving are very different too. That's right. Man. But that's the number of units. That's sure. not the cost. Sure. However, no, that, however, but if you say just the industry alone, if you look at the numbers, yeah, the, the, the numbers right. look very different. They do. Along with. They do. So, uh, you know, it, it was just a blip in the radar, but it really, you know, dealerships, it's hard to take six months with no sales yeah. and keep everything going. Yeah. Very, very did, tough. Did you run six months, no sales? Um, it wasn't no sales, but it was very few. Okay. Very, very few. Yes. We went from 11 dealerships in this area. Uh, within a few years, we were down to four. Ooh. Ooh. And it has all come back, of oh, course. Uh, and so much. Of course, from 2010 on, it just steadily increased. We were able to come back. The economy got stronger. People got their footing. Uh, and, you know, the housing market settled. Yeah. As it as things always do whenever we have an economic craziness. Sure. It always settles. And that's one thing that I, I really when I was kind of thinking this up and all is is I I know that this is these are the kind of the, the trials, the stories, the trials, the struggle. But this is just what human communities and economics and whatever. It's just what it does. You it's, have ups and downs. You don't have a steady climb. You don't have a flat line. Markets go up and down. Dollars go up and down. It all goes up and down. But you know what? We have short memories because we all think that wherever we are, it's going to stay that way forever. Right. And we we can actually say it's going to change, but but we but don't. 
it's hard to internalize. That's not that. how we respond yes. to our situation. Yes. Things have been good in the RV industry for some time now. Sure. Even through the pandemic. Yep. And I think we've gotten a little full of ourselves, maybe. Okay. Maybe a little bit thinking that it is our own doing as to why we're doing so well. Yeah. And that, I think, humbling and sobering to to, to look at it with reality. No. Right. No. This, this is more something very wonderful that's happened to us. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, with some of the tragedy in the world, right. uh, some of the nervousness sure. uh, for social situations, you know, getting out in the wilderness and taking your family traveling has become a good option. Right. People refound a connection to nature yes. or to travel or family trips or something. Yes. And a more available option. Yeah. So. Uh, that part has been great. And right. a lot more people are out there. I think that's going to be a long term win for this industry and for mankind in general. I hate to get too philosophical, philosophical, that uh, word. <laughs> linguistical. <laughs> Ling yeah. Well, I'm not going to get that. That's absolutely for certain. But, you know, it, it's a good thing for us to slow down, get outside we see so many job changes right now, and we've seen it here at Princess Craft and across all the dealerships. Sure. Job changes because people say, you know what? I want to be happy. I want to try something different. Yeah. And and so everyone is looking for something different, right. something better. Yeah. Or just uh, to try something because it's yes. exhilarating. And so there's a little bit of uh, danger to it. So don't you think that translates to adventure as well? Yeah. yeah Getting so. out and... Yeah, hiking and, and being in nature, slowing down, working from home, you know, all the goods and bads of it. So uh, that shift will settle as well. Right. But right. it has been kind of a straight up trajectory. Sure. sure. And I think that is going to settle and we are going to see some economic ups and downs now. Right. Um, that uh, maybe we're not all the way prepared for because. How do you all the way prepare for something? Well, and also, you know, we're humans. Right. We like things to stay the same. So that's yeah. what we count on. So if I may, back in back in the trenches of the 2008 economic mm -hmm. downturn, when did you start to feel or sense that, OK, things are starting to turn to go better again? What, what were some indicators or was there a moment of clarity gone? Hey, you know what? I think I think we've seen the worst of this. Not that it's going to get easy climbing back up, but maybe we've seen the bottom. Did you have a moment like that? Or is it just still shoulder to the work, nose to the grindstone? Again, I think probably when the banks, you know, came back and said, OK, you're good to go. Mm -hmm. And we were on the first round, which, you know, always makes you feel good that right. they came to me as one of the first rounds, especially being a small dealership saying, right. all right, you're back in. We'll floor for you. Right. Um, it made me feel, okay, we can do this now. Well, it, we can, we if can you're help the first our round, customers now. Knowing that that's because they valued the way you did business with them. Mm -hmm. If you're on the first round, then add a, that's a, that's an absolute pat on the back and in a vote of confidence. 
And right. if someone else, and I find that, that someone else speaking into my life with a vote of confidence goes a lot further than me trying to motivate myself. Right. <laughs> Just so much That's further. Really true. But you know what? The sales like that and the success of the dealership really is so tied to consumer confidence. Yeah. You know, in general, how's the world doing? You know, uh, something is as distant as Russia invading Ukraine. Right. Right. That slowed business down for a week, you know, 10 it days. It did. Absolutely. Um, not because anything affected us at all at that point, but it slowed us down because people's focus shifted. Right. Now, consumer confidence, what's in front of them, what they're thinking about, what right. they're hearing on the radio, that is what people believe. That's what kind sure. of ingrains in their mind as to what's coming next. Right. It's and amazing so, how emotional the markets are and the economy that's is. That's right. It's an extremely emotional thing. Well, you know what? I've I've come to believe that buying anything is emotional. It's just Yeah. It's just an emotional thing to part with money that you've worked so hard for uh -huh. that you feel is so indicative of your life, your success, your station, your in life, progress. Right. I mean, and there's so many different views on how much is enough. Right. So at any rate, um, I'm being that word again, the philosophical, <laughs> I can say. You're, you're a philosopher. But, but, but I do think that coming back from 2008, it was a very steady, slow gain right. because it was so tied to consumer confidence. Right. People were scared they were not going to be able to keep their jobs uh -huh. or that that, you know, they might lose their house because they were behind on payments uh -huh. or they're going to have to dig out of some bad credit. Uh, so very much of what happened to a lot of people in the past two years, you know, they've got a little digging out to do depending on what business you're in sure. and what happened. Um, it's it's it took a while, but it was a slow and steady gain in the RV right. industry as well as the rest of the retail growth of the country. Right. Until now, it just kept going up and up and up and up and up. It, if we see something of a slowdown or downturn again, you have some pretty incredible people here. You've you've had you have create creative people. You have talented, intelligent, skilled, expert people all throughout in, in their different realms. Clint, stop talking about me. Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had customers. Customers first, right? Right. So so you've actually built up this pretty neat Motley crew that's become a bit of a Princess Craft family in here. So what what's your confidence in, in having this family weather any kind of thing that might be over the horizon? You know, we have we already we know we have goals for this place, but do you sense that there's going to be a drawing closer together, that there's going to be a all hands on deck and everyone for each other kind of situation well humans are humans and we all have to take care of ourselves all right i'm gonna, so, I'm gonna vote me off the island no 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 no, no. <laughs> don't you dare well it, it helps but, it, it gives more food to the to everyone else i'll just swim with the fishes uh, well <laughs> that is such a weird concept it's great for writing television shows though apparently right? Right? <laughs> apparently it makes a great sitcom i'm, I'm here for a storyline and, and plots and what and conflict and but stuff. i i did learn in in the 2008 crash yeah. that that there is a core group of people that will not leave 
Uh, We tried, but they won't go. (laughs) I know, they won't leave. And other people will say, hey, look, you know, I know we may have to take a little bit of a pay cut. I've got this way that I think might be better for me, you know, And, and they'll split off. So you will always lose a few people. And it really depends on how strong of a of a uh, plan you can make yeah. for everybody to stay happy and healthy and employed. Right. You know, the hardest part is keeping people positive. Yeah. It is so crushing when all they hear on the news is bad stuff. Right. And they bring it to work and things are down. And, you know, I felt like some days I just had to be the, you know, the entertainer. Right. I had to bring in all the positiveness. Sure, sure. Because it's a struggle. Yeah, that maybe, can take a toll on you even. It's it's tiring. Because it's tiring. Where's your outlet? Where's your where's your pressure release valve? Well, you know, you know you're a family. They all know that I have the moments where I yeah. sit there with my head in my hands at my <laughs> desk. But the reality is people need that. They need yeah. that confidence. So what would happen here if we had a downturn? Uh-huh. I don't know. I am so impressed with this crew. I feel like I have a lot more leadership here now. And those people who have the opportunity and the and the knowledge of this business would put their heads together and figure out what to do next. Right. And then what's something that you mentioned earlier, and I can see this group doing is just finding what to do, what you can do. Whereas yes. you took in any walk in repairs and all that you may have t- said, hey, you know, Princess Craft, you know, we're a dealership, but we can also do other things. We have the tools. We have the knowledge. We can find other ways to serve customers and community. That's so, right. Um, and we started doing some weird rebuilds back then. Right. We fixed hot dog carts. I mean. Sure. I think you still work with some of those customers fixed, now. Yeah. yeah we didn't we just have some. a hot dog cart here? Yeah. I think that you earned some business then that just keeps on going. <laughs> they just won't go away now. So you end up taking absolutely anything. Sure. Um, yeah. There was there was some fun to be had, you know. Very creative time. Yes. We tried to keep peanut butter and jelly right. in the office because... You know, there was no ordering out for food. Right. We were all uh, penny pinching yeah. back then. So I don't know. We got through it and it started to get better and we grew from there. I Today, like I think Phoenix we have, from the ashes. Oh, <laughs> that just sounds much more epic than it was. In I a will time, tell you. in a world. <laughs> it was a crazy time, I can tell you. Yeah. And yeah. it, it probably is going to be foreshadowed by the epic pandemic we went through. Right. But it was a really crazy time. And unfortunate, just like the pandemic, tons of people lost their homes. Right. It was just, it feels still feels like yesterday to me. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I know that there are people that probably vaguely remember it. You know, yeah. I, I, was, I was young married and didn't have kids yet yeah so i was so much more nimble i could roll with not much back then i think i think the next whatever it is on the horizon i'm gonna have a whole different experience with yeah maybe and and i think texas was insulated too a bit from it we haven't didn't get it quite so sure so bad as everyone else um but yeah there was a, a ton of tragedy there and I still remember 2001 and that stopped business. Nobody bought right. anything for months after 9-11. Yep, you're right. 
the banks didn't close though. So right. <laughs> I just had to wait that one out. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it's it's just interesting the ebb and flow of everything. And I, I what do you think's happening now? Where do you think we're headed? What do you see, Clint? You know, it's one of those things you, again, how do you escape the news? And news is not, is not news if it's not negative for some reason. Yeah. And, and talk, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I, I usually don't pay too much attention to it, but it still comes at you anyways. Um, you know, I think that I, along with everyone, we're we're ripe for the next downturn, the mm-hmm. next, uh, what do they call it? Like a correction, the next correction in the markets and what have you. Yeah, It feels like it's been a while. Right. So, and, but what I keep in mind is that every human that makes it to a ripe old age of 80 or so sees probably four of these, maybe more, four to six big corrections in their life. So if I hit my limit here? No, you get to continue. You're winning prizes at that point. Uh, but but I, I, I lived through the crash in the 80s. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I mean, it's uh-huh. people my age, I paid eight. And a half percent. Yeah. For my first house here in Austin. That is so great. That yeah. is right. 18 and a half percent. That's stupid. Yeah. And you needed a place to live, so, so you did it. And then I gave it away to the McDonald's manager. Because you could do that back then. Story for another podcast. I couldn't, I couldn't sell it. You could, you're crazy. Because you lose everything. <laughs> you, well, it, it was not sellable after yeah. the market crashed in the late 80s. Yeah. The oil crash. So I don't know, maybe more than four or five. Right. And still, everyone in my family who lived through these, everyone in my community, my circles who lived through these, you know what? They lived through them. It's, and it's yeah, true. how how worried it's are true. they about the the next one that right. may or may not, you know, be coming soon? Uh, I mean, what? yeah, you can be worried and you can prepare, but you also have to understand that this is part of life, life, economy. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, just. Well, we do. We do have high inflation. Right. We have economic slowdown. We're still having part shortages. We have gas prices. Gas prices are one of the big indicators sure. on people buying trailers. Sure. Yeah. And uh, people who'd plan to buy, who'd put in orders, have been canceling because the gas is high. Now they might say their grandmother died, but. <laughs> really, well, it coincides. Grandma was at the gas pump. She saw the price <laughs> and she just. Uh, oh, that's not funny. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> so am I. But it is interesting how uh, life trauma tends to cancel when gas prices get high. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. The price of a trailer for all the reasons, right? The parts got higher. The manufacturing is difficult. Um, the prices are, have went up. Oh, really? I, I haven't heard. Yeah. No. <laughs> Since 20 to 21, yeah. the prices went up 39%. Just materials before you can put the trailer together. No, that is the price of the trailer. The price of the trailer. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. There is nothing on the horizon to compare that to. So will well, the I don't prices- know, lumber, lumber and steel went up, I think, like that. Like if you were building a residential house. Absolutely. But almost 40% in one year. Yeah, I think lumber did. So, but it came back down. So are, it did. are, are RV RVs prices going to come back down? You're right. RV prices did not. And the other thing to look at is that now there is a lot of trailers on people's lots, yeah. especially the kind of the mainstay products. Sure. A lot of the niche products are still catching up. 
but uh, a lot of mainstay products. The manufacturers last year said, oh, man, let's build another plant. Let's ramp up. Let's split these lines. Right. We can do this. Because the demand was so high. And yes. now right. and the we cash have was a there. lot of them. And now mm-hmm. they, they are yeah. making it a higher pace than maybe the dealers can take. Right. We, we caught up much quicker than most people predicted. Sure. Within a matter of, gosh, three, four months. So this is this is a funny thing that no one, no, no mathematician out there has ever been able to do is to really balance these these big animals of sales and manufacturing and components and raw materials to really get a grasp on. We can we can kind of balance and feel really comfortable for a little while. For a few years, maybe for a decade, we've had a good long run of this one, right? But eventually, those numbers, the equation just doesn't work for a yeah. little while. It gets wonky, and then it settles itself out. Well, right before the pandemic, inventory was also high. Yeah. So we had kind of had a little more supply than we did demand. Uh-huh. Even though business was good, the pandemic came. And when we had the first flood, a lot of a flood of people buying is ah, what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the first flood. No, Noah is not part of this story. Okay. Then a we lot of dealers. Nope, nope, okay. nope. Uh, a lot of these dealers were really kind of relieved that their inventory came back down. Yeah. But now it's creeping back up again. So now where are we? Right. Because these manufacturers are still manufacturing right. at a pretty good clip. Sure. So things are starting to level off. And mm. now what? Prices will come down, maybe? Yeah. So I do have a now what. Okay. I do have a now what. And this is, anyone who's listening, this is not a show, a podcast about financial advice. So take everything you hear here <laughs> as with an not. absolute grain of salt. But PJ, for me, for Lindsay, for those of us at Princess Craft, and for anyone who cares, okay, what what things should we prioritize and view as important and maintain and maybe invest in whether you know it can be tangibles or just time or whatever what should how should someone navigate another trend wow gold gold bars gold gold bouillon how you're asking me economic advice uh, or just anything how how to how to navigate stocks bonds as real well estate as disney <laughs> stock did you say funny so, Lindsay is so proud of her two shares of disney stock <laughs> i'll give her a hand i own mickey's pinky toe nail <laughs> clipping i'm sure it smells like cheese <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. I don't think you're going to lose your shirt in the market, Lindsay. I wouldn't worry about it. She didn't. She put money in the market, not a shirt. I don't. I don't want to take my shirt off. <laughs> keep your keep your shirt. Your money's in the market. But where's uh, the toenail? <laughs> and the band aid. It's on Ew. a slow boat to China. <laughs> ah, I get that now. All right. Uh, no, uh, where were we? Clint was asking you for financial advice. No, I, I wouldn't go so far as saying financial. Any, any don't grand, buy a motorcycle. Grand scope of things. Don't, <laughs> y'all don't buy a motorcycle. They are next to boats. Just a hole that you throw money into. Don't if y'all have listened regularly, you'll know about Clint's motorcycle that he actually rode to work today. I did. I'm so I was proud a, of you. I was a 
little scared. It, and I made it. I thought there was a chance something was going to fall off. I was going to have to walk the rest Clint of the way. Clint was a little scared, too. Yeah. I wasn't, though. I knew you could do it. You did? You I, did. I wasn't was. sure the motorcycle Shh. could do it. No, no one was. You know, you put the motorcycle <laughs> together after it kind of junked into your garage. and That's true. Pretty impressed. Okay. All okay. Right. Back to advice. So, so grand scope of things, it doesn't have to be financial. It doesn't have to be the markets. How should someone view and approach a downturn and navigate it well? Well, um, in the RV perspective, Uh I would say that if you have a unit that you don't want right now, Uh you can sell it. However, it's not necessarily going to be any cheaper when you buy it later. So if you think you might use it, hang on to it, have some fun. Because, but also maintain it in the interim. Uh, well, of course, that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> uh, I think we've done that one before. I think we've done a, that one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so right now, I I think everybody just needs to slow down, enjoy. If you're looking to travel, an RV is still the most economical way to get away. It still is, um, and. It's worth investing in. You know, a lot of people wanted to know about uh, used ones. They felt like there was going to be this huge flood when the pandemic was over. It's not really what we've seen. We have seen used ones pop up. Right. But not Not the flood flood that everyone thinks. Right. Right. Uh, And when is the pandemic ever going to be over? Well, yeah. When is the official end I was very unhappy. I, both of my other daughters, besides Lindsay, were supposed to come into town for a big wedding this weekend. And I got a text this morning that uh, my daughter, Jackie, has COVID. So she can't come. Which is the exact same thing that happened to the other sister when she was supposed to come into town last time. But she still did. But she wasn't sure she had COVID because she wasn't testing positive. Until she got here. Yeah. And then she spent Christmas in her room in quarantine. So. (laughs) And then she had it again. And then she caught it again. I must be a superhuman. So, so Mm -hmm. my point is, when is COVID ever going to be over and everybody go, okay, back to normal? You know what you have that they don't have? I don't live in New York City. Kids. And you were exposed to kid bugs Uh, on the regular. Yeah. So that ought to be. That ought to be more susceptible yeah, but to COVID. Don't you, you had think? it? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I'm not saying it's a. It's like uh, you have kids, you don't get COVID. You don't. No, I'm saying there's still percentages, still statistics. I think I'm just in general, just like better. Okay, than all right. them. All right, <laughs> Lindsay's um, just better. Just better. Okay, we're, watch a man get COVID. Uh, I am. Totally, yeah, that's right. <laughs> your, your sister still listen to this, these podcasts? No, right? she doesn't. Okay, well, I'll. I send love her the you, link. sisters. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what are we even talking about? But in the end, yeah. I think it will be a slow decline and a slow uptick. We are going to have a whole lot of new units available. So if you're looking to buy. Uh, hang in there just a bit, do some shopping, and in the next three months, I think those prices will come down. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. you encouraging people not to buy right now? Well, you know, I'm telling them the truth. I think that in the next three months, we are going to see prices drop a bit. Now, that might be $1,000. 
Right. You know, it, it's not going to be. Which, if it's a thousand dollars, I might be like twenty-five percent. Thousand dollars, I can still camp a fair bit in the next three months. What's your vacation worth? Exactly. Right? Do you yeah. skip exactly. your vacation to save a thousand dollars? Three months. My kids are back in school. I've missed it. Yeah. Yeah. To save a thousand bucks, or you spend a thousand or more going on vacation, and you don't have a trailer. Right. To save a thousand. Sure. So, I, yeah, it all gets very confusing. And there's no wrong way to slice it. You just need to make peace with whichever way you're going to slice it mm-hmm. and slice it. You're making me hungry for cheesecake. More cheesecake. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. The The industry is going to, I think, have to write itself just a bit. I okay. don't see a huge crash coming. I've been wrong a few times. Okay. But wherever we land, coming out of it will be slow and steady progress, just like coming out of the pandemic. Okay. It's it's just not going to happen all at once. All right. So that's what I do know. Okay. Well, thank you for answering my questions and thank you for story time. Well, it's an old story to me. I hope it was new to you. Yeah. I only knew, I only vaguely knew pieces of it before. So Lindsay was closer to it. Do you remember much? No. (laughs) I did not care. (laughs) Again, before children. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very different time of life. Oh, yeah. I was like fresh out of high school. Yeah. So young. I mean, four years out of high school. (laughs) But like. (laughs) So fresh and so clean. (laughs) All right. Well, that's a wrap then for this episode. Yes. Oh, she's going to tear the paper off. Ooh, that was that was. A, That's a rip, not a wrap. Satisfying. Yeah. You know, I just wanted to do it. <laughs> Everybody, thank you so much for this for joining us for this episode of the RV Small Talk podcast. Check out other episodes at rvsmalltalk.com. Look us up on social media, RV Small Talk podcast. Look us up on YouTube, RV Small Talk podcast. And we will join you again in the next episode. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. And bye-bye.